Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 8. I give him the praise. We're going to start this new mindful series on today. Again, share and invite this your friends if you have not done so, even if you are watching this in the replay. Uh, and I'm going to read this whole passage here, and then we're going to just preach from a pericope or a, uh, a small portion of it, if you will. And so the Bible says, this is a massive text for our reading. Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation. Somebody right there in your living room, you ought to shout that. Say, no condemnation. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We just got out this Say Grace series and this goes hand in hand. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Bible says in verse 3, for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. The law pointed to death. It told us we couldn't do it because it was dependent upon our flesh. But God sends, comes down to earth in the person of Jesus and does what the law required and pays this is grace right here. Remember we said his grace is him doing uh, not only for us but doing through us. But he did for us what we could not do for ourselves. And he came and he died. And the Bible makes it clear after he rose from death. But it says in verse 4, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Speaking of those who have now been born again. Verse 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh, here we go, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. Come on somebody. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God for it does not submit to God's law indeed it cannot those who are in the flesh cannot please God if you will uh, go ahead and bow your head and let us go before the Lord in prayer thank you so much oh God for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you so much, O oh God, for the gospel today, for dying for our sins and rising from death with all power. Even now, Lord God, we ask that you come into this moment. Lord, I ask that you would use my mouth to declare your word with clarity and with power, so much so that the hearer would not just hear it and be tickled, but most importantly, by your grace, they would be transformed. Lord, I pray not only for us here at Serve City, but every single gospel-preaching, Bible-believing church around this city. I pray, Lord, that you would meet them there and move mightily just as you are doing for us here. And all of our friends around the world, the churches we cover and are connected to, I pray that you would move mightily there as well. Because we know that the Big C Church is all around the world. It's a global church. And so we thank you for this mindful series. We commit it to you. 
And we give you honor in advance for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen glory to god come on uh, give the lord praise right there where you are one last time and listen if you have not yet done so uh, go ahead and share this and can you do me a favor let's just start this series off right if you will in the chat go ahead and put let's be mindful come on let's be mindful let's be mindful and you may be seated in the presence of the lord let's be mindful let's be mindful glory to god i'm excited about what the lord is going to do before we jump into the text today you know Something happened uh, last week. My wife and I, we were actually fast asleep. And listen, man, when the man and them are out, fam, like, it's serious. It takes some serious things to wake us up. And, you know, I was there and I was asleep. And while I was asleep, my, uh, I heard, you know, kind of a, a crying sort of a noise. You know, that's the one thing that will wake me up is my daughter's crying. If I hear daddy, it's over. You know, I will jump over to bed. I'll bust my toes, stub my, if I, I just want to get to her, figure out what is it that's the matter with her, you know, but it was not my daughter is actually, and it's the same case, even with my sons. I heard uh, my oldest Gabriel and Gabriel was crying. He came to the door and he said, dad, I had a horrible experience just now. He was like, I was there in my bed and I was on my way. You know, I was, I, was, I was sleeping, and then I got up, and, you know, and while I was up, uh, suddenly out of nowhere, uh, I just felt fire. Fire just came all over me, you know, and it was fire, and it was so real, Dad, and it was right there, and I'm just like, what on earth is this? I felt, and then I just got really hot, Dad, and I couldn't do anything about it, and, and I'm like, what is going on, Dad? And, it, you know, and he's expre expressing to me something spiritual. I, I just want to interject and put this here uh, for those that are you know, that, that, are, that are here with me and, you know, that oftentimes discount the experiences of children. The enemy, the enemy, I'm telling you, man, he attacks our children in such a mammoth manner, especially if I could just say in this season, you know, the mental health of our children is imperative. And it's important for us to make sure that we are doing our part and doing our best to help them to steward and manage their mental health well. And I remember, man, even as I was a kid, I used to experience stuff like that all the time. But I was so scared to say something about it. And nobody ever asked me. And, you know, and, and so I, we're trying our best to create an environment where our kids feel safe to tell us about things that might even sound or seem weird. You and I, we've got to be intentional about creating spaces uh, for our children to be able to be transparent. But I digress. Back to the story. So he tells me this and he shares this. And, you know, we're like, what is going on? Because he was so panicked in that moment. And he told me and then he went back to his room and, you know, he, you could just hear he was just still unsettled and he was tearful in that moment. And he came back out and we just talked for a moment. He's like, Dad, what should I do? I even, you know, prayed over him and even after praying over him, he still was, I went and got the oil and laid hands like one of them, you know, serious church mothers. You knew you grew up in church. If you wake up to a mother, come on, to an oily forehead and you hear in some, if you grew up in a, in a, in a sanctified setting, you'd be hearing, we bind you in, you, come on somebody. If you grew up in a house with a church mother, you wake up with them praying over you, you know. And so anyway, I got the oil, the blessed oil, lay hands on him, pray. And after that, you know, he still was in the place where he was unsettled. And so I'm getting ready and I'm coming out of, you know, his room. And he just goes, dad, what should I do? And I just said, son, just, you know, focus your mind 
set your mind on Jesus. Set your mind on Jesus. He's here with you. We're here with you as we tell our kids all the time. He's here with you. We're here with you. And he'll give you the victory over this. Don't let the devil distract you. Set your mind on Jesus. And I, I, was, I was blessed out of my mind. I didn't tell him what to do except set his mind on Jesus. And I went out of that room and I closed the door. I'm headed back to my bed because man's reverse. And I need to wake up early in the morning. And as I'm walking out the door, all of a sudden, all I'm hearing is, we are soldiers in the army. We got to fight, although we have to die. And I'm like, wait a minute. I said, babe, is it me or am I hearing? I want to put up my ear, ear to the door. We got to hold up the bloodstained banner. We got to hold it up until we die. We are soldiers in the army. We got to fight, although we have to die. We got to hold up the bloodstained banner. We got to hold it up until we die. We are so And my son is sitting there in his bed. Hey, glory. And I'm hearing him there in his bed, right in the middle of his mess where he had a demonic encounter. All I told him was focus his mind on Jesus. And he reached for his song from what we do in family worship on Saturday morning. And he didn't do nothing elaborate, didn't quote no crazy scriptures, but he knew that he wasn't wrestling against flesh and blood. And in that moment, he's setting his mind on Jesus. He picked the best song that he could think of. And he sung that we are soldiers to himself until he ended up going back to sleep and waking up victorious in the morning. Come on, somebody. I'm so grateful that God even will move in the lives of little children. And I got such a great example from my son who faced an issue and grabbed for what he knew from his arsenal. His little Sunday school song meant something to him and him setting his mind. On the fact that he, even as a 12-year-old, is a soldier in the army of the Lord. Come on, somebody. And he was going to fight and he was going to do everything he needed to do, even until death. Oh, I was so blessed by that because it's imperative and important for us to get to the place where we understand, where we understand that it's we have to set our minds on the things of God and so in this passage today I'm not going to keep us long today in the passage I want to especially focus on verse 5 and 6 the apostle Paul tells us that there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus if you have been born again if you are one that is born of the spirit, if you've put trust in other words and faith in Jesus, if you've been baptized, if you are someone, in other words, who is a part of his body, you and I are people who have no condemnation. In other words, the law that used to condemn us because we were incapable of being able to keep it. And it, as a result, it, its wages was death that Jesus came. I love preaching the gospel. Jesus came and he did it for us. Come on, somebody. And we can have not only forgiveness of sins, but we have life eternal. And right now we are no longer condemned. Come on, somebody that's saved, you ought to say, I'm not condemned. 
And oftentimes the enemy will come and he'll try to send things to try and challenge us, not just spiritually, but also challenge us in the area of our minds. How many of you know that we are not just spiritual beings, but you also, you are a spirit, you have a soul and you live in a body and your soul is the seat of your mind, your emotions and your will. And it's imperative for us because, you know, I remember, man, I was uh, on one of my pages that I have and uh, on my comedy page in particular. And I shared a video of my wife and I talking about therapy and Jesus. Right. Uh, and, you know, somebody, uh, somebody from the community had reached out was like whoa this is crazy to hear pastors talking about therapy and I was shocked because you know we I mean what other way is there but then realizing that it is taboo in certain communities among certain people groups but also especially in the church that over spiritualizes everything for us to be able to look at the mind to look at the place where we have to deal with our mental space. Come on, somebody. And right now, especially in the midst of all that is happening among us in the world today, it is imperative and it is important that we steward our minds and that we are intentional about what is happening with our minds. Here we go. Uh, the Bible says in Romans 8, verse 5 and 6, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. So in other words, those who are ungodly, those who live according to the flesh are people who are not born again. They just live according to their body and to the things that are naturally happening in, in their circumstance and in, around them. Those are people that set their minds on the flesh. You conduct yourself and you base your thought life on what is happening around you. You base your thought life on what is happening to you. You base your thought life on the feelings that you have at this moment. But he says, watch this, but those who live according to the spirit, somebody say the spirit, those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. So if you are born again of the spirit of God, as the Bible declares and says in Titus 3, 5, that we are saved not according to our works, but he says that he saved us by the washing and the regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. And so because you are now reborn spiritually, because see, some of us don't even understand what it is that uh, was born again when you were born again. It was not your flesh. That's why your flesh is still weak. It was a spiritual rebirth. The essence of who you are is reborn. Come on, somebody. And now as a result, you no longer live according to this flesh. But you live according to the spirit, the Holy Spirit, the renewal that of, of this Holy Spirit that is in your life. And I love this. And so he says, because you are now born again and you are no longer living according to the flesh. He says now, watch this, those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit and so here we go i want to just give you point number one i don't have many for you today but i want you to grab this here we go point number one we can't dictate our circumstances but we can determine our mindset 
Here it is. Let me give it to you again. I want you to grab this. Not much shouting stuff, but stuff that I believe will be impactful. Here we go. We can't dictate our circumstances, but we can determine our mindset. Gabriel realized even in his experience that you know what he couldn't dictate or determine the fact that what was happening to him was happening to him even though it was a spiritual thing but he says you know what even when I gave him the admonishment to focus his mind on Christ didn't mean that he had to do that but he chose in that moment to set his mind on things of the spirit. The truth about who God is and what God said about him. Come on, somebody. And he got a resolve in his spirit despite what he was facing in that moment. And so you can't dictate your circumstance, but you can determine what you set your mind on. fact that the Bible says that we are to set our minds, it indicates that we have the capacity and the capability of doing so. God would not have told us through the Apostle Paul to set our minds if we didn't have the capability of setting our minds. I love this because in the Greek, uh, because this is written in Greek here in the New Testament, uh, in the original, and sometimes you dive in uh, deeper into the text to be able to grab what's happening. You know, uh, set minds or mindset. Uh, the word phraneo. Come on, somebody say phraneo. Phraneo. And so... Franeo is the word that means translated uh, to adopt or it speaks of an attitude to set your mind is to adopt a certain mindset, a certain type of an attitude to be concerned with certain things. So when the apostle Paul is saying to set your mind on the things of the spirit, he's saying to concern yourself with the things of the spirit, to set your mind, to adopt or have a spiritual attitude are you with me to feel or to think to direct your mind to a certain thing and I'm telling you today there are so many of us that are wondering why it is that you are unable to attain victory in your mind why you are so double-minded and unstable as James 1 verse 8 says a double-minded man is unstable in all his or her ways and the reason why is because you and I are often setting we are living and we're born again but we're setting our minds on the things of the flesh you might not be living according to the flesh intentionally but you are often setting your mind on the things of the flesh on the things that are happening around you come on somebody you're setting your mind on the feelings that you're currently having as opposed to setting your mind on the things of the spirit and consequently garbage in garbage out and we often wonder why we're so, why we smell so gaseous. Our life always smells so flagellous. And we're out here and just stinking to the high heavens and loving Jesus. Come on, somebody. But you can love Jesus and still have a carnal life. Come on. Because your mindset is focused on the things of the flesh as opposed to the things of the spirit. Who is it that's talking with me on today? It's imperative. For us to be to the place where we're walking in the spirit, your mind, here it is, the strength of your, of your spirit happens determined upon how, how you are setting your mind. You need to set your mind more than you do your clock. Some of you, the reason why you can't get up when the alarm sounds is because you're more focused on setting your clock than you are your mind. 
When you set your mind, it oftentimes will position you to be able to become the type of person that you're desirous. Come on, somebody. You're desirous of seeing. But if you're setting your mind on failure uh, and before you even get started, guess what's going to happen? Failure. Oh, can I just talk to somebody today? What it is that you're watching? What are you watching? What are you setting your mind on? I mean, I understand that we are not necessarily going to be reading scripture or spending time in prayer as much as you watch a movie. Some people are extreme. They're like, oh, well, you know, uh, you just, it, you got to spend. No, I understand that that's not always going to be the case. But the fact of the matter is when you're watching, what are you watching? I just told my wife, I'm like, babe, I'm not going to sit up here and watch people committing adultery when I'm trying to live a, 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 a life that is that is that is honoring and that is uh, that is faithful to my wife. Oh, it's just the TV. And, you know, I understand it's just a movie and all this stuff. Listen, well, then at least fast for it. Fast forward, fam. I mean, like, there's stuff that you don't know about, even though now the shows, they tell us what's going to be in the show. If you watch Netflix, come on, somebody. And the fact of the matter is, at least fast forward, oh, I'm just watching for research. Research my foot. If you want to get to the place when you wanna, where you are, are, want to have victory, you've got to get to the place where we are intentional about what we are putting in our minds. If you want to become better as it pertains to your finances, if you want to have a godly mindset and godly victory in your finances, you can't do things your, ex your way and expect God's results. You got to start watching things or listening to things or researching in God's word what it is that he says about finances so that you can have godly finances says it's imperative for us to set our mind on the things of the spirit what does God say how about the conversations we entertain oh can I just talk about it how about the conversations we entertain? If you know every single, if the only people you are talking to have something negative to say about men or negative to say about women, how on earth are you ever, okay. Conversations that we entertain. There are things that I, I mean, listen, I'm a professional subject changer. Y'all don't want to hear this today. I'm a professional subject changer. Come on, somebody. It's people that try to fill me with all sorts of fleshy stuff and call me up even this week, call me up on something fleshy. And at the end of the day, you got to become a professional, uh, a professional convo changer because no, I'm not going to let you deposit that into my spirit. I'm not setting mind on that gossip. I'm not setting my mind on that unfounded information that you heard say, heard say, broken telephone, foolishness that's not going to help. Go ahead and pray for them instead of talking about them. Come on, somebody. It's no, it's time out for setting my mind on the flesh. Oh, can I just preach like I feel it today and let somebody understand this? Man, back in the day before Jesus came, the Jews, they used to have Usually the men in morning prayer, they used to have this thing called the phylactery. Somebody say phylactery. And phylactery is spelled P-H-Y-L-A-C-T-E-R-Y. 
why you can go look it up and you know what it was was little sections from the torah from the law that they used to put in a uh in a in a in a, in a box a small leather box and they used to tie it around their head and they used to just have it there right on the front of their head in their morning prayers so as they were praying they would be reminded they would be reminded uh that they needed to focus on and keep the law and the fact of the matter is that although that was something that pointed to jesus they had the word that God gave them and revealed to them at that point in the front of their mind so that they could remember it so that as they're praying and as they're going and as they start their day the phylactery reminded them about God's word to them come on right there and it was at the forefront of their mind and although we're not walking around with black leather boxes on the front of our head those of us who have been born of the spirit we need to treat God's word the same way you've got to get to the place where you and I are setting our minds in a phylactera sort of a manner come on can we just make words today just go ahead put that stuff get God's word at the forefront of your mind set your mind on what he says you are set your mind on what he says you can have set your mind be intentional about it so you can get to the place where you are walking in a victorious place as opposed to in the flesh be intentional Come on, somebody put in the chat. You got to be intentional. You got to be intentional. I love the text. Back to the text, if you will. Almost done. It says those who set their minds on things of the flesh, uh, you know, live according to such. But according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit. Then he goes on and he says, for to set the mind on the flesh is death. That's the result. When you set your mind on what's happening around you when you set your mind on the things that you can see it results in death death to relationships because you're focused on the flesh death to your money because you're focused on the flesh even though God says in Matthew chapter 6 but verse 33 seek first the things the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things speaking about material things will be added unto you come on where he goes on and he continues and says take no thought for the things of tomorrow for, to, for sufficient for today are the troubles of today. And he says that it is the people who live according to the flesh that focus on what are they going to eat and what are they going to drink and how are they going to make it. And so that is the way of the world. The way of the flesh is the way of the world. Come on and focusing. Tell me, anybody, he says, which one of you worrying can add anything to his life? The only thing you are adding to your life. You ought to write down Matthew chapter 6 and just read that whole thing. Come on somebody. Which one of you worrying can add a day of a cubit or a stature to your life? It's imperative for us in the middle of what we're facing. We're not tripping because of the economy. Because we're connected to the source. Set your minds on the things of the spirit. Come on, franeo, franeo. You got to get to that place. A, a word, phylactery in the spirit that we have where we're focusing our minds on the things of the spirit. And even as someone who battles mental illness myself, battles severe anxiety and you know which can be boiled down to not only anxiety disorder and things throughout my life but uh, even uh, you know OCD and all these sorts of things that I'm open and I'm is it okay for pastors to be honest 
And it's imperative even for myself to make sure when these urges and these things that will happen often will happen that I am intentional about being able to set my mind. And I praise the Lord that I've been able to have victory in my mind. Come on. And I've been able to have victory for years now by his grace over obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety disorder and all this because of setting my mind. God is able And I know that therapy is great and we definitely need psychotherapists. And I encourage you if you need to go and talk with someone. And some of us do need medicine in Jesus. Come on, somebody. And it's imperative. I understand this. And so we want to balance this out. But I want us to understand the imperative nature of getting our minds focused. But he says and set and intentional about what we are watching and what we're hearing. Our ear gates, our eye gates. We need to be intentional about them. But to set the mind on the spirit. Here this is. Is life and peace. To set the mind on the spirit is life and peace here's point number two for you here it is here it is a sound mind is holy spirit powered here we go so he says he says to get to the place we have life and peace when we set our minds on the things of the spirit a sound mind a mind that is solid a mind that stands the test of time he says when we set our mind on the spirit that we can have life and we can have peace Come on, somebody. I love this. I love this. And so a sound mind is Holy Spirit powered. Somebody say Holy Spirit powered. Because see, I want to let you know this. It's not just about being spiritual. It's about being Holy Spirit true. Because we live in a generation today that is all about, oh, we're spiritual. And you know, I'm spiritual. And I just burn my sage in my tea leaves. And you know what I mean? And we just, you know, we're just so spiritual. And I just meditate. And I just learned how to meditate. And I sit in the corner. And, you know, and I hum. And I did this. And all this stuff. All this oftentimes. Uh, there's nothing wrong with meditating. But what you meditating on? Come on, somebody. Sitting there empty in your mind. So that stuff can come. The Bible makes it clear. That, and I said this before. Christian meditation is... It's not about emptying your mind, but it's about filling your mind. Come on, somebody. Meditating on God's word day and night. I hear the Bible. Blessed be the man. Blessed is the man that walks not after the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But watch this. But delights himself in the law. And on the law, the word of the Lord, does he meditate day and night, night and day for that person will be like a tree that is planted come on that's not swaying to and fro and running helter skelter and everywhere based on the circumstances that person the person who is meditating on God's word day and night not just about being spiritual well here talking about spirit which spirit you better look at the roots of that stuff man Everything that talks to you about transcendence and we're so mystical. And oh yes, the Bible is full of mystical stuff. But God makes it clear that sage don't have as much power as the Holy Ghost. Come on somebody. And if you're looking to the elements and all of this created things uh, for peace, I'm here to tell you that you might get a temporary release and relief. But there is peace that God gives you. He says, I give you peace that the world can't give you and the world can't take away that peace only comes through trusting in jesus and saying
setting your mind on the things of the spirit oh man i hope somebody's grabbing this stuff this morning it's not just about being spiritual it's about being holy spiritual here it is yeah you know, I know you out here yoga in and posing and stuff and whatever. You better be careful, fam. No, ain't nothing wrong with stretching. Ain't nothing wrong with doing any of that. But you better check. You better check into what's going on. You better be saying, Jesus, sitting there talking about Om. Do you know what that means? Go and research stuff. Sitting there chanting Om. You better be sitting there talking about, blessed is the mandate. You better be focusing your mind. I'm not going to go to the extreme until you not stretch, until you not do stuff and whatever, all of that. Every good and perfect gift comes from above but you better know the origin of what you're doing and make sure that your focus and your mind is on the spirit come on man a sound mind comes from holy spirit empowerment there it is that's what he said in the text i love it i love it i love it you know there's some stuff that you can only get on my computer i'm a mac man mac people make a shout out in the chat right now fam we don't deal with them, with them Android demons. I see Khalil is back there on the camera with those green text messages. We don't deal with those green text messages, fam. Green text messages are waste youths. So, you know, uh, but that Android devil, we don't deal with it. Um, you know, anyway, <laughs> I'm just joking. God bless your Android phone, okay? Uh, but anyway, there's some stuff on the, on, the, uh, on the computer, you know, every now and again, it will pop up and it will say, we want to give you an update. But the only way we can give you an update, come on somebody, only way you can get an update is if you're plugged into power. It's not that the update is not available. Oh my. It's not that the update is not available, but the fact is you got to have sufficient power to be able to handle the update. Oh my, I just want to talk to somebody today. It's some of us that we've been trying to get the update, but we've been trying to get it without being connected to power. Come on, somebody. You better be connected to the Holy Ghost if you're going to get the updates that God has for you. Come on, somebody. And watch this. Watch this. Can I take it a step further? Look at this. Because on the computer that we have, we have a computer that's in the uh, AV room. And the computer, based upon the components... Uh, and the AV tech is like, yo, are you, is he about to call my name or is he about to call me out? No, 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 I'm not going to call you out, I promise. Nikki, I'm not going to call you out, I promise. No, I'm just trying to say. But in the AV room, we love our dream team, they're amazing, praise the Lord. But look, in the AV room, the computer that's there, uh, it's connected to some components. And one of the components, because it's plugged in, what it does is it actually makes the computer act like it's charging. But the other day, even though the battery thing was on there saying it was charging, uh, two twos, the computer died. And we realized that what was happening is that the computer was being confused. It thought that it was being empowered. But the thing that it was connected to was not actually giving it power. And so it's imperative for us not just to be connected to any source of power. You got to be connected to the right power because it's a lot of stuff in our culture today that's acting like it's going to fill you up. That's acting like it's going to sustain you. But when the cares of this world come, it challenges us and we end up getting jacked up. Come on, tore up from the floor up. But I'm here to tell you that he says, setting your mind on the Holy Spirit is life and peace. Come on, somebody. Holy Ghost will give you better peace than a vacation can. 
Come on, somebody. And so the fact of the matter is that it's mind over matter, but it's Holy Spirit over mind. Let me say it again. So we always talk about mind over matter. Mind, yeah, mind over matter. But, 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 but what, is, what are you setting your mind on? So Holy Spirit over mind. That's how we ought to be. Yes, mind over matter, but Holy Spirit over our mind. Right. This is why the Apostle Paul says, here it is, write this down, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, and do not get drunk with wine. It's imperative. No, he's not saying don't drink. He's not saying don't, uh, don't, don't consume alcoholic beverages. But he says drunkenness is sin. He says, don't be drunk, for, there, it, for that is debauchery or excess. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he's saying, if you actually want to be to the place where instead, where you have peace, where you have a sober mind, he was talking, especially to people who used to have some sort of Bacchanalian festivals. And you know this, you ever heard of Bacchanal? And we've talked about this before, this idea, the God Bacchus, the God of wine. And this idea where they used to go out and have these big public parties and run naked through the streets and have orgies. Sound familiar? And all of this sorts of stuff. And it was all especially powered around wine. And so he's talking to people in this context. He's saying, don't get to the place where you are controlled and intoxicated by wine. But he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, mind you, this is imperative because he's not talking to unbelievers. Because a lot of us, we think being filled with the Holy Spirit is an event. Being filled with the Holy Spirit and setting your mind on the things of the Spirit is not an event. The way that he implies it here in the original is something that we are supposed to continuously do. We're supposed to be filled. Somebody say, be filled. We are to be filled with the Holy Spirit continuously. We ought to be to a place where we have a Spirit-filled life. A life where our minds are set on the Holy Spirit. Where we are walking in step with the Holy Spirit. Remember in the text he said that setting your mind on the things of the Spirit equals life and peace. This is why the Apostle Paul says uh, to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. He says, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love, King James says, and a sound mind. But I love the ESV because it more accurately translates. It's not only a sound mind, but it's self-control. Oh my. Somebody say self-control. Anybody want to have control, self-control? See, some of us, and I taught this before, some of us think that the Bible teaches that the Holy Ghost is about lose control. And, and unless we have lost control and we're out of here and don't get it twisted. Yes, I am as charismatic as they get. And I know the Holy Spirit can get you to the place where you are praising and you like David are to the place where you are giving God massive prayer. I get it. But the Holy Ghost is not here with the primary focus of making you lose control. He's about getting you to the place where you are sober minded, where you have self-control, where you are not turned 
left and right because of the problems that you are facing. Come on, in the face of temptation, you're able to be, we are soldiers. Come on, in the army. Can I just, I'm just bragging on the Lord's work in my son. I want you to understand this. You got to get to the place where you realize you can get, operate with self-control despite what's going on around you. Y'all with me? So fact of the matter is, he gives us self-control. And so you're wondering, what does this mean? What does this look like? I want to talk about this now. I just got one more point for you, and we're out of here. Here we go. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 24. I want to read this. Galatians chapter 5, uh, online hosts, go ahead and help us out on today. God bless you. Uh, praise the Lord. And so Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 24, Bible says, for the sake of time, but I say, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Here it is again. He's, con he's echoing the same sentiments. If you walk in the spirit or live a life that's in step with the spirit, you won't gratify the desires of your flesh. Your flesh are to the place where, where it wants you to feel as if it's in control. But when it is that you are focusing your mind on the things of the spirit, you will not gratify or cause or live to the place where your flesh is in control. And then he goes on and he says, flesh are against the spirit. The desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. And Bible goes on and says, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. The spirit is against the flesh. This is why there's a tension in a battle. And can I tell you that this is how one of the ways that you know that you are truly a believer who is indwelled by the Holy Ghost is when what, you're, what is happening on the inside is contradicting what's happening on the outside. When your mind is telling you no. But your body is telling you, yes, it's this idea, even in a spiritual context where there is a war and the fact that inside of you, you don't feel comfortable sinning. This is a sign that you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit because the spirit is against the flesh. And watch this. And he goes on and he says in verse 18, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And that's a whole nother thing. Now the works of the flesh are evident. So this is the, these are the things that often will indicate to us and let us know, are you living according to the flesh? There might be someone here who is not yet born again. You have not yet trusted Jesus. You have not yet given your life to him. You are not filled with the Holy Spirit or you are not indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And these are the things that our lives look like when we are walking in the flesh or you might even be a christian who you think oh i'm just good and i'm straight and you don't realize that these are things that are against the plan and the will of god for your life and he goes on says the works of the flesh are evident sexual immorality impurity sensuality idolatry come on somebody a lot of us we think idolatry is statues idolatry can be this phone come on somebody can be a man or a woman things that you and i idolize over god he makes it he makes it clear idolatry sorcery 
So those of you who think that you can be out here looking superstitious and performing witchcraft and burning stuff and thinking you're summoning spirits and going to psychics and going to necromancers and all sorts of foolishness. I don't care if your mom and them did it. I don't care if your family used to do this and put this bucket in the corner and told you to be scared of this and told you all of that is foolishness. Come on, somebody. And it is condemned. It is a work of the flesh enmity strife here it is jealousy being jealous of other people comparing yourself fits of anger these are the works of the flesh these are the things that your life looks like when you're either not born again might not be all of them for some of them for some of you if you were like me it was a lot of them fam but even for people who are born again, these are the things that manifest when you're not setting your mind on the spirit. So there's a war there. And many of you, you don't even, didn't even realize. And it's time to be delivered. And rivalries and dissensions and divisions and envy and drunkenness. There it is again. And orgies. I know, I know, I know that what the media is telling you, all these shows on Netflix just full of the devil. Oh my, and all sorts of stuff. I know I saw, this is not old school. Come on, I want that old time stuff that kept people walking upright before the Lord. Come on, somebody. The stuff that can pray you through and get, y'all want to be up here sexing all sorts of people and going all over the place and in and out everybody's bed and wondering why we don't have fidelity in our, Come on, somebody. Holiness is still right. Listen, the fact of the matter, the fact of the matter is that you can't work for your salvation. But if you are saved, there's some things that ought to manifest in your life. And if you are doing such certain things, it should be problematic to you. No perfect people allowed. And things like these, he says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so if you, this is why I've been telling you all this stuff, like the whole series that I just preached last week about checking the mic and making sure the mic is on. Because many of us, we're professing to be Christians, but your life looks like this. And he's not saying, he's not talking to the person that's slipping up and tripping up or didn't know. He's talking to the person that knows and they're walking contrary to what God says in his word. That person, he says, is not inheriting the kingdom of God. Depart from me, I never knew you. And there is, it's imperative for us to understand these things. This is, these are the works of the flesh. This is what happens when you set your mind on adultery. This is what happens when you entertain fornication. This is what happens when you get in an environment where people are always getting turned. Talk about you're going to minister and encourage them and all that stuff. And you know that's a struggle of yours. And then you wonder why every time you're in that environment, you end up jacked up and you end up coming home. Oh, Jesus, deliver me. Stop going. Come on. Can we just keep it real? And so he makes it clear. That, and then he goes on in verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit. Here it is. 
This is the fruit of the spirit. This is what happens when you set your mind. And, and I just want to I just want to, to just interject this again. And if you didn't watch the Say Grace series, you need to go back and check that out. I know that there were some uncomfortable parts and things that were challenging. But I believe that in order for the church to be who God has called us to be, that we have to be challenged and not just titillated. This is why 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize that this is about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? You got to check yourself. Like I told you last week, make your calling and election sure. Are you living according to the flesh? Is the flesh your boss? Are you a part of the visible church and connected, but your life is actually saying that you're following the dictates of your flesh? Or are you someone that is professing Christ and have a true, have had a true transformation, but you need some help? There's some mental stuff going on. You need some therapy. Go find you a counselor. You need to talk to somebody, set up an appointment with them. You need to go have a conversation, have a conversation, get some accountability if you need accountability. Stop trying to do it on your own. Don't do life alone. God knows your heart, but he also gave you guidelines and things to do to be able to walk in victory. Oh man, I know this ain't easy stuff. This not easy. This ain't easy, man. But look, it's imperative for us to test ourselves. But then notice what he says. This is the good stuff. The fruit of the Spirit, verse 22, is love, joy, peace, patience. There it is. Patience. This is the, this is the fruit of the Spirit. This is what happens when you set your mind on the things of the Spirit. When you're walking in the Spirit. Patience, kindness, goodness. Come on, see that one there? Kindness. People walk around talking about we're saved, mean as jacks. And this is the thing, man, I'm telling y'all, people out here all the time, I'm saying, some of the greatest tongue talkers got the nicest tongues, got the newest tongues, but they cuss you out in English. And it's like, what Holy Ghost is going to have you speaking so beautifully in a heavenly language, but you can't talk good in English? And this is important. This is why we have to examine ourselves. Because he says, kindness. Help me, Jesus. Goodness. Faithfulness. Being faithful. This is a fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness. Gentleness. And let me tell you this. Gentleness is not always determined by volume. That's a whole other thing self-control there it is echoing the sentiments against such things there is no law there's nothing that bans you from walking in these sorts of things because some people say oh we're no longer under the law so how do we know about sin what are the things that are wrong what are the things that we are not allowed to do what are you saying we need the ten commandments to say such and such and don't do this and don't do that you just read an exhaustive list Of things that are a result of walking in the flesh. And things that are to manifest in our lives if we are walking in the spirit. Are you with me? Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ. Last verse. Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. 
So I'm not living my life according to the flesh. I'm living my life according to the spirit. You and this is what does this look like? When you wake up in the morning, what you and I ought to do when you get on your knees, if you get on your knees or if you're to the place where you're driving while you're driving, you ought to whenever your prayer time happens, you ought to stop and you say, God, fill me with your spirit. Oh, like they used to say, spirit of the living God fall afresh on me spirit of the living god fall afresh on me come on this this is the spirit of the living god fall afresh on me it's this idea of the fact that although i am dwelled in by the holy spirit although i am dwelled in by the holy spirit every day it's like a pilot your oven has a pilot if you have a gas oven come on somebody your oven has a pilot and in the pilot there's a little little the pilot's a little flame that's in there that's constantly going and then what happens is if you actually want to cook something you got to turn the burner on oh my i can't boil a pot of water with the pilot oh yeah man can i just help somebody I can't boil a pot of water with the pilot. You got to turn on the fire. And this is the way it is. When you wake up, I mean the cares of this life sometimes bombard us. And, and, and you got to get to the place where in the mornings and through the day when there's challenges that are happening, you ought to just stop and say, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Fall afresh. Fill me. Give me the strength to be able to demonstrate faith. Manifest. There's times I'm walking. I'm like, Lord, I need you to manifest some joy in me right now. Because the fruit of the Spirit is joy. God, I need you to manifest some peace right now. God, I need you to manifest faithfulness when I'm faced and battling lust in this moment. I want to make sure that I am faithful so that I can be faithful to my wife and faithful to my kids. And make sure that the generations after me know me as a faithful person and not someone that is continuing certain stereotypes and generational patterns. Come on, somebody. And so we ask God to fall afresh on us. We ask his spirit to fall on us. And we set our minds on the things of the spirit by looking to what it is that God says in his word. And so ending this, I want you to see this. Because when we're talking about setting our mind on the things of the spirit. And he says that when we set our minds on the things of the spirit, that it is life and it is peace. Somebody say life and peace. And here we go. Number three, last point for you. God's peace is connected to our prayerful praise. So God's peace is connected to our prayerful praise. One of my favorite passages in scripture is Philippians chapter uh, uh, 4 verse 6 and 7 says, Be anxious about nothing. Or be careful, the King James says when I'm memorizing it, be careful for nothing but everything, watch this, with prayer and supplication, which is deep prayer and serious prayer. Prayer and supplication, watch this, with thanksgiving. That's why I said prayerful praise. With thanksgiving, make your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, somebody say the peace of God. 
The peace of God which passes all understanding. In other words, it does not make sense. It is peace that does not make sense. It is peace that comes from God. It is peace that God gives us that the world can't give us and the world can't take away. This is the way that we get it. It is true. Prayerful. One of the things that the Spirit tells us to do. Reason why uh, how we set our minds on the things of the Spirit is communicating with God. And not only are we just communicating the things and the desires that we have, but one of the greatest ways is to communicate with God and go in deep with prayer, but with praise. Oftentimes, one of the biggest reasons why we don't have peace in our lives or our prayers do not get the answers that we are desiring or give us the strength that we need is because we're doing so. But oftentimes, we have amnesia about what God has already done. And you and I, we got to get to the place where when we are in the midst of difficulty, when we are in the midst of challenge, we are not sidetracked or deterred by the winds or the waves. But we stop and we center ourselves by turning and setting our minds on the things of the spirit, asking God to fall afresh on us and thanking God for what he's already done. Any witnesses in here that can, that can thank God with me, come on, oh magnify the Lord with me. If you know that in the past you've been through some pretty heinous and hideous things but God has given you the strength to be able to make it through and so we pray and we go in with supplication but we do so with praise because his peace that passes all understanding is connected to our prayerful praise and he says that it will guard our mind what an uh, what a what a juxtaposition in this idea this oxymoron, if you will, it's like peace being a guardian, being a, like a guard dog type of a vibe. Peace having this guardian mentality. When you think about peace, you don't think about peace checking stuff. But the peace of God is a guardian. It will guard your heart. Come on. It will check man's. It will check the situation that you are up against and cause the supernatural to be unlocked and released in your life. And so I think, I think about Acts chapter 16. I think about Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 34, and I'm ending here. Peter, and uh, it's in a position where Paul and Silas rather, Paul and Silas, if you read that, write it down, check it out later. I'm just going to summarize Acts 16, verse 16 through 34. Paul and Silas, Bible says they were going to the place of prayer. And as they were headed to the place of prayer, they were met by somebody who kept running up behind them talking about these men are the men of God and they have the words of life and the truth and they were saying good stuff I always tell people just because people are saying good stuff doesn't mean that they are of God so we told you many will say God we did all this stuff and he's going to say depart from me I never knew you and they're going talking the truth saying all this stuff but she was, uh, she was someone who was gaining the people in the town fortune because of fortune telling and the fact of the matter is that Paul and Silas they recognize on their way to the place of prayer that this individual had the devil and they are greatly annoyed they cast the devil out and the man them got vexed in the town because the devil was cast out 
And they didn't care about this person's deliverance. They just cared about their money. The Bible makes it clear that Paul and Silas, while they're trying to do what's right, on the way to the place of prayer, find out that what ends up happening is they get thrown into a prison. Come on, somebody. Any Bible readers here? Verse 25 makes it clear that at this darkest point, at midnight, Paul and Silas, who are shackled for what is doing, for doing what was right. Anybody in this season, you feel like, man, why is it that all this is happening and so much is challenging my mental health? I feel like I am in prison. There's some of you, you're like, pastor, I've been given. Pastor, I've been worshiping. Pastor, I've been in this situation. I've been helping folk. And many times you feel depleted and you feel in prison and you feel trapped. And you're like, God, I was doing what was right. It's like, what is this? Many of us, you just mind your own business. Then Auntie Rona showed up. Like that person you don't want coming to the barbecue. They just eat all the food, didn't bring nothing. Y'all don't have any family members like that. And then look, man, y'all feel imprisoned and we're in this place and we're on lockdown. Especially here in Canada, we're looking around. We're seeing everybody else opening up and we're out here looking crazy. God bless you, uh, government. But just missing it, fam. The fact of the matter is that Paul and Silas, they were on the way to the place of prayer and their plans got interrupted because they helped somebody out. But they said, even though we're in lockdown, even though our minds are challenged, we are to the place where we're going to set our minds on the things of the spirit. Verse 25 says, while, watch this, about midnight, Paul and Silas were complaining no, they were praying and singing hymns. Woo, I love it. I love it. That's why I said our peace, our peace is attached to prayerful praise. They start praying and singing hymns. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake and stuff starts to shake. And the fact of the matter is they end up being able in the midst of lockdown to minister to the place where the jailer and all of his family end up getting saved, getting baptized because of what God does in that moment, because of their prayer and their praise. Come on, God causes that to do the supernatural in their lives. And I don't know who I'm talking to today. I encourage you right in the middle of your situation where you're at, set your mind on the things of the spirit. I just hear them, my hope is built on nothing less <laughs> than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand come on somebody all of the ground is sinking sand when darkness seems to hide his face i rest on his unchanging grace and through every dark and stormy gale my anchor holds 
within the bell on Christ the soul lead rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand so I leave you with this scripture Philippians chapter 4 Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 through 9 I'm giving you word because you want to set your mind on the things of spirit the spirit here it is I leave you with this the apostle Paul says in the same chapter we were just in it's a golden chapter finally brothers whatever is true whatever is honorable you want to know what it means to set your mind on the things of the spirit whatever is just whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is commendable if there is any excellence if there is anything worthy of praise think about these things what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me practice these things and the God of peace will be with you and so today that's my encouragement to you make sure you're to the place where you understand that in order to walk in a place of victory in order to walk in a place of victory in your mind you got to set your thoughts on the things of mind we can't dictate our circumstances but we can determine our mindset a sound mind is holy spirit empowered and god's peace is connected to our prayerful praise and you might be wondering you're in this place where you're like how is it how is it that we are to the place where we can have God's peace how is God's peace available to us the Bible makes it clear that we are sinners that we are separated from God because of our first parents Adam and Eve they messed it up and they passed on their sin to us they passed on their sin to us and consequently we don't have to learn how to be sinners we are born serving the flesh living our lives after the things of the flesh and the bible makes it clear that even though this is the case that jesus god in flesh was born through the blessed virgin mary Fully man and fully God. Man enough to die for our sins. God enough to forgive us of our sins. And someone today you're watching and you're like, I am imperfect. My life is imperfect. I, I, all this stuff you're talking about. I'm living my life according to the flesh and I want to live my life according to the spirit. Well, here it is. Jesus lived perfectly because he knew you and I wouldn't. He got on a cross and he was crucified in your and my place to make the payment for our sins. He died. But on Sunday morning, on the first day, Bible says he rose from death with all power in his hands. And in rising from death, he extends to you and me life eternal. You can have all of your past erased. Even all the things that you heard me mention in that list of works of the flesh. Even if you are participating in those things right now, your past can be forgiven. And now you have access to have forgiveness even for your future. 
And you can begin a relationship with God right now. Be filled up with his spirit. And begin to live a spirit-filled life. A spirit-focused life that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. As opposed to being empowered by your flesh. And deterred by the circumstances that are around you. And so in this moment, Bible makes it clear. John 3, 16, that in order to benefit from what Jesus did on the cross, that we have to believe in him. And if we believe in him, we will not perish, but we will have everlasting life. And so right now, you can respond to this good news that I'm sharing by putting your trust and your faith in Jesus. And if you put your trust and your faith in him right now, if you give him your life, you ask him to be the Lord of your life. Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that he's Lord, and if you truly believe in your heart that God has raised him from death, that you would be saved. And so if that person is you, I encourage you right now to put your trust and your faith in Jesus. He'll make you new. Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new spiritual creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And so today I extend this good news to you. Believe and be baptized. Believe and be baptized. And so in this moment, in this moment, if that's you and you're like, I, I want to trust Christ. I want to give my life to him. I want him to be the boss, the Lord of my life. I want to live my life with my mind set on the spirit as opposed to the things of the flesh. If that person is you, on the count of three, wherever you are, in your house, in your living room, in your car, we can connect in this moment. Even in the chat, if you are unashamed, our host would love to know that this is you. You can even put your hand up emoji in the chat so we can know this is you, that you are responding to the gospel. Even if you've run away from Christ and your relationship is jacked up, you have forgiveness here. You can repent and you can restore relationship in this moment and fellowship with God. And so if that person is you on the count of three, I want you to pop that hand up right where you are here we go in the chat or in your living room here we go one two three come on pop that hand up if that person is you you respond to the gospel today come on i see you in the spirit come on don't be ashamed put it in the chat if that person is you hallelujah glory to god so listen and so in this moment i'm gonna lead a prayer of commitment and it's for those of you who have made that decision, I want you to repeat this with me. Also, our church family, wherever you are, renew your commitment to the Lord. And do this in support of them who are making this for the first time. Here we go. We say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. I, Jesus, I believe you died. And I believe you rose from death with all power. Come into my heart by the Holy Spirit. Be with me now and forevermore as you've promised. And I thank you for doing it right now. For forgiving me of my sins and making me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we celebrate those who have made that decision today? Come on, glory to God.